Hello, listener. Who am I, you ask? You haven't listened to enough episodes. I am your host, Mary Postmortem. What's that you say? What happened to Kira and Marcy? Faithful listener, you don't need to worry about them. I've taken care of them. You and I are going to take a trip into the other world. you here today to bring us back the spirits of Kira Antipant and Murder Marcy. Oh, great spirits. Oh, great spirits. We're back. With candy in our mouths. (laughs) (laughs) Were you worried? I hope so. (laughs) We have returned from beyond the great, the great beyond. I'm back like a backstreet boy is back. All right. All right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited about this episode. First off, because we have the magnificent Mary Postmortem with us. Thank you. The OG. Thank you. The woman who I am un... Un... Unworthy, unworthy <laughs> to be taking her place. Nonsense, <laughs> nonsense. Okay, maybe a little bit more. I yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit yeah. more. She's magnificent. She's got the voice. She's got the looks. She's got the style. She's, she's got the dream boats. <laughs> I've got. She's got the looks. Dude, I love Roxette. Right? I love Roxette. We should probably put that on the playlist. I'm Maybe. That's our honorary song. We're yes. not there yet. Right there. But that's not the only one we have here. Nope. Nope. <laughs> we have another ghost in the corner. We have a bit of a victim. Yep. A real victim because she's an innocent bystander. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's never hosted before. <laughs> she's a new entity. Yes, she is. The mystical Mel. <laughs> she is not miked, but you might hear her laughter or maybe a howl in the background. Or a, can I have some wine? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that might happen as well. Some demands. Yes. Yeah. Here's my list of demands. <laughs> wine and chocolate. Yes. And handsome I men. Mean, really, yes. that is what we're doing, minus the Pretty handsome much. man. Minus the handsome if men. you are a handsome man, will you please come please. over right yes. now? You are Even... more than welcome to grace our presence. Join us in this magical office with mystical Mel, postmortems, anti-panties. Yeah, you heard me. Panties. uh, Somebody that doesn't even know who she is. Yeah, because she has an identity crisis all the time. (laughs) Every day. She also likes to murder things. I do. You know what I heard yesterday? What did you hear? My niece that's seven told me that my other niece that's eight said to her, I think Marcy really has murdered someone. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I think that's so funny. I mean, there are bodies. But we don't need to talk about we, that. Or where they're at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or who helped. Yes. Just, you know. D- just that I, there I are some. I feel real scared to be in this room right now. Listen, you were there. 
<laughs> you all were there. <laughs> right now, I just want to remind everyone that we do have the power of the fifth to put yeah. it and to utilize it to our advantage. But she's trying to use the implication on us. Yes, because of the implication. It's, it's a wonder that you're talking about murdering people or that we're talking about entities because our theme today is fortune telling and spiritualism. I am so excited. Hell this yeah. is such an awesome episode. I hope to make a few conver- conversions, mm. much like the Mormon pioneers before me. <laughs> <laughs> so similar and yet so different. So different. That Brigham, yes. we're coming back for you. <laughs> coming to get you, Brigham. <laughs> you won't be young forever. <laughs> Unless he is a vampire. You might have less wives, though. Maybe. I don't know. I'm willing to Or more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did on the ZCMI Center, so... Mm, there's there's some good that's true that I mean, is true good investments in that i mean literally i enjoyed going there as a youth or you know I just like seeing the windows candy from yeah. there yeah. That yeah little candy yeah yeah and the cute yeah. little chocolate stars yeah oh he knew how to make money didn't he i also like how it was an acronym like it was you know what i mean like it wasn't just a right. store it was like the acronym yeah like z what did it stand for it was it was zion so it was zion's zcmi it was like zion's company incorporated something like it literally was an acronym for like the company name oh (laughs) or hear me out yeah google it zany chocolate malicious no (laughs) (laughs) i lost my train of thought now not gonna be malicious on you zany chocolate chocolate Mormon industry. Hey! <laughs> Mormon idiot would be like, you know, instead of a chocolate bunny, it's a chocolate Mormon. Why is that not a thing around Easter here? It might be. I mean, have you been to Deseret Industries lately? There could be no. a chocolate formed pioneer. Or Seagull book and tape. Oh, yeah. I'm really curious to know what the chocolate would taste like if it was made by Mormons. Because well, we've I'm... all been... To... <laughs> that That's where I was going. Because we... if you've grown up in Utah... It's and Hershey's. <laughs> if you've ever grown up in Utah and you've been poor... And I, I don't mean to like be offensive when I say that word, but if you were in the poverty level, you That's probably me. got some groceries from the, the Bishop's Warehouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Bishop's Warehouse chocolate is what you'd be looking at. Yeah. Although they did have really good bread. And cheese. Not that I could even eat it now. Yeah. See, but those but are- But the cool. cheese was not like Mary cheese. Right. But those uh, yeah, are very no Midwest cheese. type of- hobbies yeah a lot of mormons came from the midwest yeah so i feel the like whole that's religion did. it's true yeah well joseph was from new, new york. york oh yeah but yeah. but he got all the his minions from from, from the midwest the yeah midwest they're minions the mormon minions that would be a bad so name. it is an acronym for okay. the actual zion's cooperative mercantile institution mercantile well, though i've been institutional <laughs> what about mammograms but i just i just feel like so so you're kind of like a scientist in that you named it literally what it is but then you made it into an acronym so that it was easier to say <laughs> I just if, my if that doesn't say mormon logic i don't know what does listen <laughs> we all need to make sure that we don't have to say a lot of words it's hard so this we say true. ZCMI. It's true. You it also sound better. cooler. Yeah. yeah. You know, like how we're 801 O-Cults. Yeah. You got the numbers in there. You got the O. Yeah. My grandma used oh, to just geez. call it, I'm going down to ZC. 
So she, what she about, got even cooler. What about Z's? We're just going down to Z's, yep. man. Or we're going to have a Z day. You know, my dad. <laughs> and and shopping at Z's. My dad and some of my other family members call me Z, so maybe I owned it. Maybe. <laughs> Will you share some of that sweet, sweet money with us? That's the only logical explanation. And the extra 10% that everyone gave you for it? <laughs> yes. I'll even make it rain. Oh, oh rain. Not change. Yeah. I'm still recovering from Yeah. That. The last time I threw a silver dollar at you. It was in my butt for days. I don't even have that have much a of a powerful butt. throwing. You really do. Finger and thumb. Frink. Yep. Just right, right in there. Yes, they were. <laughs> I just love how Kira's like an innocent bystander because like I was it's always true. trying to like choke you uh-huh. on your on your drinks. Like when you would go to take a drink, I'd specifically crack a joke for her to joke. It's true. And so then many. Marcy's throwing like projectiles at her. Yes. Like, yeah. She has thrown many pencils at me. That is true. Yeah. Things get usually it's my hands making their own decisions. Like idle hands, like the yes. movie. You're just Devin Sawa in it up. I have no choice. It just <laughs> happens. Just With wherever. combs, clips. I can see pencils. you doing someone's hair and being like, woo! Oh, yeah. It happens. Thank it's, God no scissors. It's a haircut and a show. Oh. You know, in hair school... You're going to scare her before she even comes in. <laughs> Don't worry. I've only cut a few people. I've only stabbed a few people. I'm raising my hands because none of you can see this. So I have this phrase, ladies. Yes. I like my coffee like I like my men. Strong and sweet. Hey, I like that. I don't mind a little black coffee here and there, too. That's that's what I meant. Strong. Like it's strong coffee. (laughs) I like my men like I like my Sprite. Popping and sizzling. And sugar free. (laughs) Sugar free. A diabetic stream. (laughs) Or or bullshit free, because we all know sugar is bullshit, especially for a diabetic. That's true. So bullshit free, yes. Bullshit free. Done. And we all need a bullshit free man. It's It's true. true. Especially in in the White House or in the House of Representatives. Thank you. Or the House of My Pants. (laughs) You know what? That is a house that a lot of people have attended. I know. (laughs) They just can walk right in whenever they want now. That's why I wear shorts. You know, it took too much time taking off the pants. There's a support group for the, the house of Kira's beds. I wreck them good. <laughs> wreck them. That's, that's right. I feel like I've disappointed oh. Kira because I'm wearing pants today. I know. I was wondering we how We can't that free happened. the knee. I shoveled in this shit. So well, you've done it now. Remember how you're ah. like, how can you shovel in shorts? Oh. oh. It has come full circle. Well, guess what? Your knees can shove it. Thanks. They're real small. I can't. They are. So my... did you notice how free your knees were and how limber you were when you shovel? All I can notice is this really hurts my arms. Oh, that's so fair. My friend looked up our the podcast and he's like, "Why do you hate knees? What is happening?" I'm like, "It's a thing. I don't want to talk it's, about it's it." It's a running joke. I yes. only like nipples. I hate knees. But nipples are all that I need in my life. Now, if a knee had a nipple, then we'd talk. I would imagine a lot more kids would go a lot less hungry. Because <laughs> so they're right, they're right at your knees. It's true. I'm just saying, man. That's actually physics doesn't lie. We should transplant some nips. And Can you imagine that? That'd be really whoa, whoa, whoa! But then getting on your knees would be a whole other ball game. 
Right? Yeah. True. It's be like laying on your stomach. You're like, oh, oh smashy good point. smash. I like to garden on my knees. <laughs> you so like to do in- a lot of things on your <laughs> knees. <laughs> I bet wherever you garden on your knees would get the nutrients and grow pretty flowers. It's my true. knees are lactating again. <laughs> Well, think of how the fertilization right? of all the what species. If, what if there's like a You're bull? Welcome. What if there's a blind bull that's yeah. in your garden and it smells out the milk from your knee? And it's, like, it's like, I'm so hungry. And it like follows the scent of the milk to the top of the soil. And then I just start running and my knees are leaking. And there's just like bulls. No, there's bulls attached to your knees as you're running. Do I have to like People are concerned. Like, did it bite you? Do you have rabies? You're like, no, it's very hungry. (laughs) They're just so hungry. They're orphan bulls. My nippy knees just can't stop attracting everything. You really need to get those saggy knees I should just draw nipples in my knees. (laughs) You should. That should be like yes do it oh my god okay okay i'm not telling you to get a tattoo on your knee but if you were (laughs) you you should do nipples yes 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 so you know what you could do that's a big areola it's a big areola you should nip yeah it is it will smaller on the other one so it could be a you could put Take a picture of your knees and do the sensor banner again. Remember from yes. the first episode? <laughs> yes. So now that we've got you excited because we're sexually yeah. suggestive. We sure are. We're we're going to uh, switch gears and be more mystical. I'm really excited. Mystical. That's sexual. why we have mystical now. That's right. Mystical now. <laughs> I'm so excited. Where do we start? We, it, what do we begin with? Let, let's just talk about wine. How, wine. <laughs> and Sprite Zero? And Sprite Zero. Mm-hmm. Let's, well, let's clink our glasses before we do this, ladies. Get in here, Mel. Bam. Yeah. Bam. With okay. our plastic wine glasses. They were plastic, so there wasn't a, a lot of noise. And a of aluminum. And aluminum. But they're all okay. sudsy. Yep. So today we're going to touch on fortune telling and spiritualism. Maybe we'll talk about Houdini. If you listened to Ooh. last Halloween's episode, you got a little taste of Houdini. We'll get there. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. You know you know how we are. Yes. We get we get sidetracked on the tangent trains. Yes, we do. So, I am here today to help you all learn a little bit about the future and the mysticism that is fortune telling. And we're going to start with a crash course history of the tarot. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. If you don't know what the tarot is, I'm going to presume you're not a human. <laughs> <laughs> right? Have you been under a rock? Right? Have maybe. you been on planet Earth? In a cave, perhaps? It, maybe. <laughs> Have you never met a wizard is maybe a better question. <laughs> That's true. Because, I mean, we are post-Harry Potter that like time frame. I like yes. my wizards like Gandalf. I like, yes. Yes. Tall... <laughs> Harry, you know, maybe we should have that old. debate. Dumbledore versus Gandalf. Because that's oh. that's a heated subject. Gandalf all the way. Dude, I, 100%. These shorts, these shorts will come off for Gandalf I, any day. <laughs> so, Marcy, I respect that you love Dumbledore. Okay? Yes. I respect this. But here's the thing about Harry Potter versus Lord of the Rings. In Lord of the Rings, Gandalf dies and he becomes Gandalf the White, right? Oh. But when I've you die, when you die in Harry Potter, you're, you're done. You're dead. You only have the resurrection stone. 
Wow. Thank you, Mel. Thank you. <laughs> so Thank I you. will say that I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I no. So you only have half of the discussion. I don't have. Yeah, I don't have all the information. So really, I can't make a firm choice. But but you do love Dumbledore, and I respect. That. I do. I think he's a great lad. <laughs> he. You know, we consider Dumbledore for our Silver Fox. And I want to point this out because I'm sure we have a few listeners that are from the transgender community. Yes. We we consider Dumbledore, but because of J.K. Rowling's ridiculous take on the yes. transgender community, we decided against that. Yes. Because that is a very sensitive thing right now. And right. Mm-hmm. J.K., if you're listening, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, Why? you made Dumbledore gay because you support the gay community, but you don't support people's individuality in terms of, like, their identity. Yeah. Maybe it hits too close to home for her. Ooh. Ooh good Just good. a theory. Nice. I gotta throw that out for legal purposes. Wow. <laughs> Just a theory. But that's a good point. I like it. Yeah. Very so. good point. Nevertheless. Yes. Transgender community, we love you. Yes, so, we do. let's go on with the tarot. The tarot. And so it begins. Yes. So some people will call it the tarot or the tarot. Mm. I don't. I just call it tarot. I like it that. sounds better. Mm-hmm. Tarot. So you may or may not know this, but the tarot has been around since approximately the 15th century, maybe mm. even earlier. Wow. So that would be the 1400s for those that are bad at math like myself. And me. <laughs> <laughs> math? What's that? The thing that made me cry in... High school and elementary. I thought I had you were going to help me cheat through that. Thanks. <laughs> Shout out to Mrs. B. Woo, Mrs. Job, B. Mrs. B. You yeah. have to graduate. The thing about math <laughs> that I don't like is how much how much lying went into it. Like you need to know algebra because someday you're going to be working and you're going right. to need that information. No, mm-hmm. all I've ever needed is basic math. Uh-huh. Absolutely, I use fractions, but very minimally. We have to because we pay taxes. Yes. Exactly. So I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the tarot. Oh, yes. The earliest reference to the tarot all date to the 1440s and 1450s. Hmm. Um, it originally started in Italy, um, Florence, like Florence, Italy, and then it moved its way to France. The earliest known en like Francais. tarot deck is the Marseille's um, tarot, which I actually have. And Ooh. I want to double check and make sure that I'm. Like a man originally like painted each one, right? Like over years. We're we're gonna get into that. So okay. I think you're thinking about um, Arthur Waite and Pamela Coleman, okay. who did the rate the Waite writer deck, which is oh. the most popular deck that everybody knows. So okay. like if anybody has ever looked into mysticism or tarot reading or divination and fortune telling, you've seen the writer Waite tarot deck. Okay, yeah, that is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, so there was a tarot deck that was made. It was the Tarot of Marseille. Um, it's the Italian-suited tarot pack with 78 cards that was very popular in French in the 17th and 18th centuries for playing tarot card games. So here's where I want to stop. When the tarot was originally invented, it was a parlor game, oh. just like poker, poker or any other card game. And fun fact, the tarot is actually the predecessor to our normal card-playing deck. And I'll go into that a little bit later. Isn't that cool? Yes. I had no idea. <laughs> yes. Um, so originally the tarot was just a parlor game that you played with people. And, and I'm not really entirely sure how it was played. And no one really knows for sure. Because come the spiritual move it, movement by the 1800s, so the 19th century, everyone was using it for divination. 
Um, tarot relies very heavily on intuition and symbolism. And that's where the images become so important. Mm. Because even if you don't know the traditional meaning of the cards, as they've been passed on throughout the centuries, you can still interpret what the card means through the imagery. Like it's very symbolically based. Um, So after, so it was originally a parlor game and it was a parlor game for centuries. It eventually evolved into the playing deck that we have now. And like I have, I brought a deck with me. Oh yeah. So there are 52 guards in a poker deck and we all know that they start with an ace and they end with a king. Yeah. The tarot deck is the same way, except for the tarot deck is broken into two parts. There is the major arcana, and I might be pronouncing arcana wrong. It could be arcana. I'm not really sure. I like arcana. I say arcana. Let's go with that. I'm, I'm from the United States and from Utah. Yes. I say arcana. <laughs> so the major arcana, which are quote unquote trump cards, yeah. and then there's the minor arcana, which are the suit cards. And in the tarot deck, the suits are wands, cups, um... Wands, cups, swords, and pentacles. In a poker deck, you have diamonds, hearts, spades, and clubs. So the wands became clubs, right? Because a wand is a stick and it looks like a club. Oh, yeah. The swords became a spade because a spade is like a shovel, but that's very much like a sword. And sometimes with smaller swords, you can call that a spade or like a saber. Um, Diamonds is pentacles because diamonds money and pentacles speak into diamonds they also look like coins and then hearts is cups and the reason why is because cups you know you've heard the term fill my cup yeah cups speaks into emotion and there's that whole thing of like feeling emotionally fulfilled so that's where hearts come in the other difference is is that in the tarot deck they have a a page and a knight these two cards kind of blended into what we know as the jack okay Um, Interesting. Mm -hmm. So that's how the playing cards came to be now. So they originally took it from the tarot. They cut out the major arcana. They kind of adjusted the suits and they took out the knight and the page. And so now we have the 52 cards of which we play with every day. But Kira or Marcy will have to take a picture of this. But so here's the king of diamonds, right? Yes. Notice how incredibly similar it looks to the tarot of Marseille's. For the king. Oh yeah! Wow, very cool. So I don't know if you want to yeah, take a picture. Take a photo. Take a <laughs> so what I personally love about the Marseille deck, and this is a newer deck to me, but what I love about the Marseille deck is that it has something similar to what ruins have, which is a blank card. What this, is that? Anything and everything the universe could possibly want you to know. Oh. Usually it indicates whatever you're feeling in your gut right now. Wow. That's in the card. Interesting. So I want that card. <laughs> right? So tarot became part of divination in the spiritual mo- spiritualist movement of the 1900 or of the 1800s and early and early 1900s. So at the turn of the 20th century. And I find this period of time incredibly fascinating for a lot of reasons. Um, But the first glaring thing would be the Civil War, right? Like that tore our nation apart, that question, you know, brother against brother, mother against father, Mm -hmm. whatever, right? Prior to that, of course, there was a lot of stout religion and and Christianity because, I mean, the United States was founded by Puritans and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Protestants and... And all all the things, all the things about the Christ and the God and the light and the way and sweat nice and wax (laughs) nice. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. 
Um, so this is from a website called History. It's called Yiz Now Magazine. So in this this Yiz Now magazine or Jiz Now, yes. now if Jizz. you're listening and you're a male, Jizz I just gave you an order. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Faps, faps, faps. Yes. Why they ask the question, why did spiritualism become such a phenomenon during the mid 1800s? 1800s. Hundreds. <laughs> yes. Why Hundreds. did it? Well, first, Marcy, yes. as it says in this article, yes. we need to look at two <laughs> previous centuries. Do we? So the 16th and 17th centuries in America were dominated by very puritanical forms of Christianity. Anyone who practiced anything like spiritualism during that time would have been risking their life. It is estimated that thousands of people were executed for witchcraft in Europe and America during those centuries. Hello, life Salem. was very rural, heart, rural and harsh and rigid, and people were held to very strict mores, which that's kind of an antiquated word, but yeah. I'm going to say morals <laughs> yes. instead of mores. I think of like a swamp moor. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> that's I'm where like, my head went. You're banished to the yeah. moors. Yep. <laughs> very strict morals. It was a matter of life or death. America, meaning the United States, by the way, because mm. I don't know who needs to hear this, but America is North America and South America. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people that need to hear that, actually. Yes, yes. <laughs> so the United kind States of map. <laughs> was drastically changing during the mid-1800s, as I preface with the Civil War. There was more industrialization and urbanization, which meant cities were growing and work was evolving. Inventions and science were transforming how people looked at the world around them. Immigrants were bringing in new religion practices and belief into American towns. So much like our Halloween episode where I said that Halloween was kind of the melting pot for criminal activity. Yeah. The 1800s, specifically around the Civil War, was a melting pot for people to expand their horizons in terms of like spirituality oh. and thinking and science and all sorts of stuff. Yes. Um, additionally, because it was such a taboo, interesting thing, right? Like you can't prove spiritualism right they've mm -hmm. tried like yeah. there's there's parapsychology mm -hmm. there's investigators people want proof want scientific proof of life after death right so because it's this big taboo to to do or whatever like the aristocratic society really got into it and of course they would right because you can afford the ouija board yep. you can afford the mystics to come over and do your readings yeah and whatever. exactly so now it becomes a cultural phenomenon right mm-hmm um, and I guess I could probably interject Houdini in here. So one of the believers, this is what I neglected to, to mention in our Halloween episode, but one of the believers were actually Sir Conan Arthur Doyle. So Sherlock, the person oh, who wrote Sherlock. I was like, that Shit. sounds so funny. Yeah. I know, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, <laughs> and who was that? Yeah. Sir, Sir Conan Arthur Doyle was a believer in spiritualism, and he was particularly belief in some of the popular seers at the time or women that claimed that they could do fortune telling or communicate with spirits. He was very good friends with a Mr. Harry Houdini, which we all know is the great escapist artist and yes. one of the greatest magi mu magicians of all time. Yes. With some crazy hair. With some crazy, yes. crazy hair. He was Hungarian. He was Jewish. He was an immigrant to the United States. And he was phenomenal, right? Yes. So he was very good friends with Sir Conan Arthur Doyle. And Harry Houdini had a very close relationship with his mother. His mother was Hungarian. And she only spoke, I don't know what Hungarian. the language, Hungarian mm -hmm. or Romanian. I'm not really sure what language they speak there. 
And Houdini's mother absolutely despised English. Even though they still, they lived in America, they were immigrants, she would not, you could not speak English to her. She wow. hated it. I so why. I don't know. I, fascinating, right? Yeah, like she just yeah. hated it. So Sir Con- when Harry's mother passed, he was very distraught and he wanted to seek out comfort and he spoke with his friend Conan. Conan suggested this mysticism to contact his dead mother. So Conan sets up Sir Sir Conan Arthur Doyle sets up this meeting with this psychic. Harry goes. This woman makes a big production. Oh, I'm in a trance. And at this point, Harry knows Sir Conan Arthur Doyle through his fame. So he is already a magi- magician. Oh. He's already an escape. I keep saying musician, but I mean to say magician. It he's sounded a, like you said midget. Midget. He's a midget. <laughs> I was he was actually kind of short, but he was wasn't he? a midget. He, yeah, he was like 5'6 or 5'7 or something. So. <laughs> yeah, so he wasn't a tall man. So yeah. he goes to this meeting. And this woman does a big production and she, oh, I'm in a trance and your mother has contacted me. And she starts writing paper after paper after paper of this message. Interesting. So Harry, you know, is very polite about it. And he goes through the meeting and the woman gives him the paper. And thank you very much. And he leaves. He opens the paper. It's written in English. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Immediately, Harry is like, Nope. Bullshit. Yeah. Nope. Mama hated it. Yep. Nope. Wow. Nope. From then on, Harry Houdini made it his personal mission with his fame and his fortune to out all of the psychics during that era. Wow. And he is partly responsible for the demise of fortune telling and spiritualism in the United States at that time. So... And he and Sir Conan Arthur Doyle had a falling out because of this. Because Sir Conan Arthur Doyle was very much a believer in spiritualism and in these people that claimed to be spiritualists. Um, Even though we had proof right there that this woman was a saint. Right. And, and Kira and I talked a little bit about this on our Halloween show. And I'll get into it again. But so from there, he he basically was like, this is fake. And he he designated so much of his life to making it a mockery and like um what's the word like not dismantling it but disproving it mm-hmm. um and when he died though he and his wife had a pact where they would try to communicate with each other whoever died first because they wanted to know if there was anything beyond the veil yes. so they communicate they said you know here's a code word we still to this day don't know what the code word is here's a code word I'm suffocating. That was also their code word when they were doing their escapist routine. Yes. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so they had this code word and every Halloween, because Harry Houdini, coincidentally, I don't uh. believe in coincidences, but coincidentally died on Halloween. Oh, So every Halloween, um, his wife held a seance with mysticisms at the time and she waited to hear a word from Houdini. She never got the code word. So before she died, she was convinced that there was nothing beyond the bell. Oh, wow. So that gives you a little bit of overall history of the tarot and spiritualism and all that jazz. Yes. Um, just to give you a flavor. So now we have an overview of spiritualism. Yes. Tarot and everything. Okay. So at the beginning <laughs> of the 20th century, yes. the 1900s, enter 
Dun 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 A.E. Waite. Arthur Edward Waite. The man who took the ancient knowledge of the tarot and brought it to the modern era. So I mentioned earlier that anyone who has seen a tarot deck is familiar with the A.E. Waite illustrated by Pamela Coleman. Yes. That's the one that I was like learning about art and stuff. So if you want to thumb through that absolutely that will be very familiar with you yes so if you if you're listening and you're like i don't know anything about tarot i'm not familiar with it you are yeah you've seen the image somewhere at some point you have seen one of the tarot cards from this deck the most i think the most uh well-known ones are going to be the death card with the skeleton riding a white horse and the other one is going to be the will of fortune which is legitimately a will like you know, magicians would have those assistants and they'd throw knives at them and they'd be in front of a will. It looks like one of those wills. Mm-hmm. And it has the Torah written on it. Oh. So I'm not entirely sure who Arthur Edward Waite was in terms of a person. But I do know that he was a well-educated person and that he traveled. And that he picked up the hi- essentially the history of the tarot throughout his travels. And he is basically the arch nemesis of an Aleister Crowley. If anyone's familiar <laughs> with Mr. Crowley. I am. Oh, so Mr. Crowley. Sounds familiar. So Mr. Crowley is essentially the person who brought occultism to the United oh, States. Okay, that's where I know him from. Right. Last podcast on the left does a great little series on Alistair Crowley. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Me personally, as a pagan and as like a witch and just as a person in general, I'm not a fan of Aleister Crowley. Okay. (laughs) This is why me personally, when I say magic as a practice or religion, I choose not to use the spelling of M-A-G-I-C-K because he was the one that distinguished magic as like a parlor trick from magic as a religion by adding the K. I don't follow occultism and I don't particularly like Crowley. So I choose not to say it that way. Yes. Um, additionally, magic is magic no matter what you believe. Okay. There's that part of it. Too. Yeah. Um, but Arthur Waite, in the early 1900s, wrote this book. Um, it's called The Pictorial Key to the Tarot. This book is still in print. Um, I had the special order mine because it's not something that you can pick up just anywhere. You can get it at the library, but if you go to Barnes & Noble, they may or may not have it. Okay. But nevertheless, it goes into great detail about each one of the cards in the tarot. So... When Arthur Waite wrote this book, his his intentions was to bring the tarot deck back to the masses as it was in the 1700s with the deck of Marseille mm-hmm. or the tarot of Marseille and to kind of like how the Mormons say that they are the one true religion of God because mm-hmm. they put all the missing pieces together. That's kind of what Arthur Waite did with the tarot. Oh, okay. He put all the missing pieces together into one fluid deck. Okay. He paired up with a woman named Pamela Coleman. At the time, again, it's the 1900s. So women aren't, they're in the workforce, but they aren't getting recognized for their work. Wow. Pamela Coleman's kind of the same way. She was given very vague descriptions of what the cards should look like, um, what specific symbolism needed to be in the cards, and she drew it out. I guess Arthur approved it, liked it, and we have the tarot today. So he took the knowledge that he acquired through his like travels and his education, paired up with this female artist, and the tarot was born. 
at the time, and this was during, you know, this was right after the spiritual movement or right during the spiritual movement, it took off as a parlor game sensation. Anybody who's everybody has the tarot, knows the tarot. This is what you do when you're all, you know, hanging out, having drinks on a stormy night. You're telling each other's fortunes. Yes. That does not surprise me. Right. At all. Yeah. So it's just interesting to me that at the same time, the United States was obsessed with board games like Monopoly and the game. Well, not the game of life because that came later. But those type of board games, the tarot was also around with those other people who were much more fascinated with what's beyond this life. Wow. Um, so with the tarot, here's, here's, I guess here's where we'll get into like psychics and things like that, but everybody has their own way of which they read cards. Okay. Everybody there. I have a cheat sheet, which I brought with me. Um, but it basically tells you what the des. well, I'm going to call them designated meetings. Okay. The designated meetings of the cards, um, of what they should be. So, for example, temperance. Now, temperance is pretty self-explanatory. Like, temperance. Like, yes. it's, it's an action. It's an emotion, right? So, the meaning of that particular card is diplomacy, harmony, balance, middle ground, equilibrium, cooperation, well-being, and focused. Huh. It also can mean imbalance, volatile, volatility. I can't read that word. Volatility, poor judgment, bad decision, making making or bad decision making exhaustion recklessness and intolerance depending on the reader right there's upright or there's reversed so the first definition i gave would be for upright if you drew drew the cards and it was upright the second meaning is the reversed meaning and generally the rule of thumb is whatever the positive is the reverse is the opposite oh i don't read cards that way okay the way i read cards is that i put them together I put both meanings together and read it as one fluid card because you'll find readers that are fans of reverse cards and ones that are not. Most of the readers that I've been to and the people that I've met that are into divination don't recognize reverse. They flip the cards if it comes out reverse. I don't like it because I think it's contingent upon how you're shuffling the cards and dealing them out as opposed to you actually getting that meaning from the universe, if I'm making sense when I say that. Yes, totally. So because there is a variable of gravity and the fact that we might inadvertently flip the cards, I don't like using the upright and reverse. I combine the two meanings and read it that way. Which makes way more sense. sense. Yeah. The other thing is that there are traditional spreads that you can do. For example, there's a three-card spread. Past, present, future, um, situation, choice one, choice two, um, present life, past life, future life, whatever the case may be, right? It's a three-card spread. There's the Celtic cross, which is a very popular spread as well. And each one of the positions means something specific. And usually there's an extra card to represent you. Mm -hmm. I don't read that way either. Oh, okay. So I am a self-taught tarot reader or cardomancer. Cardomancer is someone who um, predicts the fortune with cards. Okay. Any cards, yeah. basically. So as a cardomancer, I am self-taught. I don't do spreads. I lay out the cards as many as you want, and I tell you what the cards mean in conjunction. Additionally, because I have such terrible working memory as a neurodivergent human, (laughs) it was really hard for me to learn all the meanings of all 78 cards. Oh, I don't even know how you could (laughs) retain all that. Right. 
So I rely very heavily on the symbolism in the card, but mm -hmm. that is the intention of the card. Okay. Um, Mr. Waite, in his book, has, like I said, very specific meanings of the cards of which he's gathered. But a lot of the meanings will become contradictory because they originated in Italy. They traveled in France. They kind of went over Europe. They came over the sea. They've kind of been everywhere in yeah. lots of different hands. The most popular use of the tarot card was with the gypsies. So people from that area of Europe, Italy, Romania, Turkey, places like that. Obviously, there was a lot of wars in those areas mm -hmm. during the 14th and 15th century. So those people sought refuge by being travelers and being gypsies. I hesitate to use the word gypsy in the 21st century because, because it's such a negative connotation. It's such a negative connotation now, mm -hmm. but I'm talking about the legitimate gypsies, like in the movie The Wolfman with yes. the gypsy fortune teller. Yes. So that was legitimately a thing, and that's where most people got, got their first introduction to tarot. That's also where most people associated it with something bad or evil, is because oh. gypsies weren't, weren't the most honest individuals mm -hmm. and weren't the most... Um, uh, what's the word? Like, they did not follow the rules of capitalism. We'll just say that. Yes. <laughs> um, they didn't always pay for everything. Yes. They didn't always uh, tell you everything that you right. needed to know. Yes. And so because of their behavior, the tarot got a really bad rap. So did fortune telling altogether, mm. which is why it was so extraordinary that it became a social thing in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And even to this day, they're still stigma like a stigma against it like mm -hmm. oh you must worship satan right this, that and the other yes because even when i was like tr doing some research to prep for this mm -hmm. there there were so many so many like youtube videos that are like it's evil leads it's to the, the devil. devil yeah and i'm like it's your intentions people like if you want to invite <laughs> evil yeah. in that's what you'll get but that's not what it is exactly um i tell everybody that tarot is a tool just like any divination tool mm -hmm. i choose as a person who um i choose as a pagan to learn all the divination because they're all tools of which the universe can speak to us and if i know how to speak more than one language for the universe that just makes it easier for me to understand things yeah um but in his book, uh, Arthur Waite describes, um, trying to find one of the cards that says it, <laughs> but he describes how there are contradictions. So he'll say things like, there are some cardomancers that interpret the card this way. For example, there are some people that interpret the four of wands as marriage. There are other people that interpret the four of wands as a gathering. Mm -hmm. So little things like that. So Arthur Waite makes very, he makes a, a poignant point to say, use your intuition. Whatever you feel is the meaning of the card based on the symbolism or based on its position with other cards, go with it. Hmm. And this I find the most fascinating because if anyone has ever seen a psychic or yes. had your cards read by anybody... Yes. They tell you a bunch of shit that isn't true. Right. Oh. And they tell you a bunch of shit that's contradictory to what you know is yeah. true. My favorite one is divine timing. Oh, don't worry about it. It will all work out in divine timing. Time oh. only exists on the planet Earth. Ah. How is that 
how would the universe, who doesn't have a concept of time, right, be divine... working within time yeah. for me for it to be divine? Yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. It's a cop out. Yeah. It's just, it's the psychic's way of telling you like, oh, I don't know. Uh-huh. But, but I can't sounds... tell you that mm-hmm. I don't know because then you won't pay me. Yes. It's a whole lot fancier to say divine right. timing. Right. And it's a whole lot easier to be ambiguous than to be direct with people. Yes. So with that in mind, I just want to give a few tips to people who are, I'm going to read your all cards, by the yes. way. But um, I want to just give a few tips on the difference between somebody who's legit and somebody who's giving you shit. Yes. If they ask too many questions. They're fishing. They're, they're fishing. They're fake. Okay. If they um, tell you stuff that isn't true, like, oh, it works in divine timing or you're suffering for your past life. Yeah. That's not true. The reason why you don't suffer for your past life is why would the universe punish you for knowledge that you didn't have? Yeah. It wouldn't. No. Like that would be saying, like, there's this whole idea with spiritualism that the universe doesn't see things in good and bad. It's vibration. But when you say you're paying for something for your past life, you're inferring that something has been bad or something bad has been done. Yeah, it's a contradiction. Thank you. So that's the other thing. If they tell you shit that isn't true. Yeah. The weirdest (laughs) honk. Yeah. The other thing is if um, they they won't... How how do I put this? Like, you tell them something. Like, we were talking about medical care. Like, I I don't have an ovary. How can I possibly have a cyst on an ovary? Right. So when they tell you something like, oh, this person has a lot of feelings for you and he's been a fuck boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no. Right. Certain feelings. Right. His pants. Yes, right? exactly. <laughs> like I, I was having, I, me personally, like I have gone out to other psychics just because sometimes it's hard to trust your own intuition because mm-hmm. you feel like you're being biased based on your past or the trauma you've experienced. Yeah. So sometimes I like to get card readings from other people or I did in the past because I wanted to know if it aligned with what my tuition and intuition said. For me, it was something about if it comes from an outside source, then it must be true. Yeah. Right. That's backwards. If it comes from you, it's true. If it's coming from an outside source that doesn't resonate, they're probably trying to manipulate you. Ah. So I had one woman try to tell me that this very casual relationship that I had, that this guy was like totally madly in love with me. And the moment she said that, I disconnected the chat because I knew she was full of shit. Oh. She wrote me back and she's like, I don't know what happened, but you know, I don't know why it disconnected after I gave you your answer. I'm like, divine intervention. Divine intervention. (laughs) Because I know you're full of shit. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Also, they won't be consistent with what they've told you. So, like, if you ever go to see a psychic twice in a row and you contradict them, like, if you say, no, that's a contradiction that you gave me, if they sweat, there's a problem. Yeah. There's a problem. Um, I've met two actual seers in my lifetime. Neither of them had to ask me questions. The first one was a... Um, I'm not sure if he was from the Caribbean or if he was from Jamaica or if he was from like Costa Rica, mm. but he had melanin skin and he had like a Caribbean accent. The moment I walked into this party, he immediately locked eyes with me and he wouldn't stop looking at me. How cool is that? Yeah. And we, I, my friend goes up to introduce me cause she's told me about this person. She goes up to introduce him and he's talking with someone else and he still has eye contact on me. And he's like, actually, I want to meet this lady. He, I stick out my hand to shake it. He takes my hand and he starts shaking. Shut up, oh. No, that's literally Uh-oh. what he did. Uh-oh. And I'm like, 
I think it was 23 or 24 at the time. Wow. And he's like shaking and he's like, oh, he's like, you have a lot of power in you. And he's like, but girl, your, your mother loves you, but your dad has a lot of animosity towards you. Both true. Wow. I had, all I had done was stuck out my hand to shook this, to shake this man's hand. Wow. And said damn word. Yep. And then he's like, and you've got a dark, I see, I see that you like the gothic stuff, but you know, girl, if you, if you hang around that stuff, you let darkness in. Wow. I didn't understand what he meant at the time, but I definitely do now. Yeah. And yeah, that makes sense. Right? I was like, huh. okay. Yeah. So that was, that was my first introduction and I thought it was kind of weird, but not too weird because I've had those experiences in my life before. Like, how did you know that? Yeah. Um, the other woman that I've met, she used to read tarot at a place called Crone's Hollow in hmm. Salt Lake. It's still a, it's still a myst or a mysticism shop uh-huh. or a spiritualist shop or whatever. Um, but she, she's retired. When I met her, um, she, she was very accurate about the reading because I was asking her about like careers and like what I would be good at. And she said, well, you're, you're good at two things, which is true. Cause I usually find myself in a situation where like, I can't pick one or two because they're both equally valid. The next time I saw her was years later. She didn't remember who I was. And I was asking her about past lives. And in the middle of the discussion, she says, who's Chris? I had a brother named Chris who passed away in 2012. Wow. This was 2000. I think this was 2016, maybe, that I was seeing her again. Wow. And it had been a year since I had initially met her. So she didn't remember me. Wow. She said, who's Chris? I was like, oh, well, Chris was my brother. And she's like, oh, well, he's telling me, you know, oh, well, he's telling me this and he's telling me that. And she was very accurate about my past life, too, because she said that I was a male that died at the turn of the... 20th century and that I had died it had something to do with a woman that I had I had been in love with a woman and that I something about my death had to do with her wow she murder you no so later on I realized like through meditation and stuff she never loved me uh-huh. she wow. loved another man who was older than her and he had me killed because wow. I wouldn't Some kind of murder yeah because I wouldn't take no for an answer wow. but she didn't love me and I didn't know that Oh, because she was leading me on. She wow. did. To clarify, this woman was an aristocrat. She was very young. She was very pretty, and all she cared about was money. Like Ugh. she didn't care about. She she wasn't really the type of woman that was capable of love. She was more concerned about her well being and her richness. Yeah, I didn't know that then. Wow. Because as I understand it, like she told me my name. My name was Patrick. She told me I was from Ireland, which makes a lot of sense because I'm very drawn to like Celtic practices and stuff and you really like potatoes yeah i really (laughs) potatoes i love potatoes (laughs) lots of potatoes and vodka made from the potato yes um and she told me so it's my understanding from like meditation and i have a lot of masculine energy and a lot of masculine energy comes from a place of like feeling like i am a man or that i once was a man so when she told me this it made a lot of sense and it's my understanding that i was an immigrant I worked on the railroad. There was a very bad accident. I lost my arm. I lost my right arm and I was right-handed. I, it was the, it was the foreman's or the company's fault, not mine. Oh my gosh. And so I got hush money from it so that I wouldn't like take down the railway. Wow. I went back home to Ireland to figure out how to use my left hand. Mm Mm-hmm. I traveled, I studied, I became very smart, and I was wealthy, obviously, at this point. I went back to New York to be, like, an aristocrat, and that's where I met this woman, and she was a lot younger than me. Like, I think I was in my 30s. 
35, 36. And she was like in her 20s. Wow. Um, she liked me more than she liked her fiance, but her fiance had me kill and I drowned. I got thrown wow. in the ocean. Yeah. Which is funny because I have a great fear of drowning. I think we've discussed this before. Mm-hmm. Irrational fear. Wow. I've never drowned in my life. I've never been in a situation where I've been left in a tub or a pool or the ocean. And yet I have this irrational fear of drowning. In fact, when I had my dog, he had one of those big, like, two-gallon water things. Mm-hmm. And you know when it starts to pour the water in the uh-huh. hole, it makes that glunk, Yep. Glunk, glunk. That sound triggered me. Whoa. I've never been in a situation where I've been on a boat or anything, and it triggered me to the point where I felt like I'm going to die. Like, this sound makes me feel like I'm going to die. Whoa. So, like, that was my past life. The next time I saw her, and this was when she was talking about it, and she said, oh, who's Chris? Another year goes by, right? Or two years goes by. I go to see her again because I've gotten out of a relationship, a domestic abuse relationship, and I wanted information about my life. Again, she barely remembers. She doesn't remember me. She doesn't remember me until the end of the reading. And so I go into the reading. And again, halfway through the reading, she says, who's Chris? Wow. It's like a loop. Right? And I'm yeah. like, Chris is my brother. And she said, he's passed. Oh, yeah. So he has kind of a crooked smile. And he's telling me that he's going to help you along with some other spirits. All true. Wow. Chris did have like a side smirk. And like, I definitely see like messages from him now. Um, and then, and then at the end of this reading, she remembers me more time goes by. I try, I seek her out again and now she's retired. Right. Mm-hmm. And every time she ever did a reading for me, she was always like, I need to know more about you. Like the energy from the cards I'm getting is just so much. And yeah. I need to know more about you. And that's how I got to talk to her about like the chakras, the colors that I see yeah. all of that. So how I knew that these were both real seers is because they had information about me that I didn't give them that you couldn't know by just meeting me. Right. Right. You can't know that my parents have a relationship with me unless you've met me. You can't know that I had a brother, Chris, unless I told you. Yes. The second thing is, is that neither of them asked me questions. I mean, the second lady did. She asked me like, but she would ask me in a certain way. I don't mean to pry, but can you tell me what this question is in regards to? Okay. So she didn't ask a lot of questions and the questions that she asked were very vague, very Mm -hmm. generic questions. I don't need a lot of detail. And then the other thing that was interesting is that everything she said did come to pass, but it didn't come to pass in the time frame that she gave. And what Mm -hmm. I've learned, this is the other way you know that if someone's a fake, if you ask for a time frame and someone gives you a concise time frame. Oh, interesting. Because how can they know when the universe doesn't have a time? Exactly. Not only that. But every action you take today affects your tomorrow. So time can change. Additionally, it's, you'll see that if someone gives you a time frame, they're always wrong. Yeah. Always. Wow. If they say in a month, that person's going to call you or text you. And I fought with psychics before. Like yeah. I, I was in a place in my life where I was still learning all of this. And I was like trying to like be an asshole to them and be like, you're just a charlatan. I was being a Harry Houdini is what I was doing. (laughs) I was like, but that's not what you told me last time. And blah, blah. They get real nervous about that. So that's, that's the other thing. So if they try to tell you a concise timeline, that's probably bullshit. Yeah. Um, if they try to ask you a lot of questions, they're fishing. If they, um, What's the other thing? If they, if they say something that isn't, you know, just isn't true based on what your lived experience is, they're full of shit. Mm. If they seem to be able to read your mind 
they, they know. Yeah. If they seem to be able to, if they are not asking questions and they can tell you shit that resonates with you, they're legit. Oh. Additionally, people who know how to read, who know things, don't really refer to themselves as psychic. They refer to themselves as a seer, as a witch, as a pagan, as someone who's intuitive, as someone mm-hmm. who has a sixth sense. They don't say psychic. Okay. Because psychic is advertisement and money and things like that. Right. So for fellow listeners, that's what you need to know. If you that want to go get That is very good done. information. Because I, so I had my cards read once mm-hmm. and she gave me timeline. Okay. And I totally like thought she was an idiot. Okay. And then I had a psychic, like it was a group of friends and this woman came and she just read the room. So, like, depending on my facial expression or my friends, she'd be, like, quickly make a contradiction or, like, right. um, like you're going to live with a man. And then my friends kind of started laughing because, like, my parents would be <laughs> upset about are. that, you know? Right. Live with and, your dad. Yeah. And so she goes, um, but you're, you, you're not so sure about that. Like, she quickly contradicted herself yeah and that's a telltale too yeah but then there was one that i went to that she before i talked to her i i knew in my like in in your gut in my gut who was going to come through like and talk but in my in before i thought to myself if he's going to come through please let this person come with him so i feel safe right and she in like it was like, like she knew there were she, two. Yes. And that it was on a certain side of my family and the people she like, it was exactly who I thought of. And she just said like, you know, she didn't know their names or anything, but she's like on this side of your family, it's this uncle with this person, you know, and described it in described detail. Described it. Yes. And she saw Simba. She's like, there's a little light colored dog with a smushed face that is going to change her life. And like, and I had no intention of ever getting a dog at that point. Right. Right. And so it was like six months later, I totally forgot about it. My friend was like, remember how she talked about a dog? And it was like, whoa, you know, never was in my head. So anyway, she was very legit. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I frightened a few people with my tarot readings, um, because I was reading at my last, one of my last jobs, I would, I brought my cards and I was reading tarot for anyone who wanted it. And I was like, oh, boss, you know, my manager, do you want a tarot reading? And she's like, okay. So I have her do the tarot reading. The Knight of Wands came up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there's a joke on the internet about how the Knight of Wands is a fuck boy. <laughs> so the, the meaning um, essentially <laughs> is someone who is goodwill but doesn't always follow through with the best intentions, essentially. Oh. Um, and let me just look at my cheat sheet because, again, I don't have the best memory. But Give me another chocolate, Marcy. Yes. So, Knight of Wands, your charm is superficial, your self-confidence is cocky, and your daring foolhearted, foolhearted. Reconsider. You are trying way too hard, and your efforts may fail. Be sincere and honest. Stop manipulating. So, a fuckboy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, she gets, this card comes out, and her question is about love. Her, yeah. This card comes out, and I say, so it looks like there's somebody that you're dating or that you're interested in. He's younger than you, not by a lot, but a little bit. Her face. How did you know he was younger than me? <laughs> wow. The card told me? Yeah. Literally, like, I had no fucking idea. That's just what I saw when I read the card. Yeah. So she was shocked. Um, the very first tarot reading that I gave that wasn't for myself, 
it was for my, the, I live in a duplex and the person living next to me at the time had been a friend that I had met through work. Um, we weren't working together anymore, but she was living next to me. She had gotten pregnant by her very, her much younger boyfriend. Like her boyfriend was like 19 or 20 and she was like 42. Mm-hmm. She got pregnant by him. Um, I went to go do a tarot reading at her house and the way that I do tarot readings, which I'll do and you guys can get a sense of my style. I don't ask you questions. Well, I do ask you questions. I don't want to know your question. Okay. So whatever you want me want to ask, I, I don't ask you. You ask the cards like while you're shuffling them. So I didn't know her question. I looked at the cards and I told her, so there's going to be something that happens where it's not necessarily an accident, but something's going to happen, might be medical, where you need to make a decision really quickly. And it's going to be very scary, but everything's going to work out. You have this support system behind you. You have a partner that's going to help you out. So even though it looks scary at the time, everything's going to work out and be okay. And you're going to be able to manage. Wow. After I did the reading, I asked her, may I ask what your question was? She said, oh, I wanted to know about the pregnancy and how, like, it was going to play out between me and him. I'm like, oh, okay. A couple months later, she goes into the hospital. She's having pain. They have to induce her, and she has to make a decision right then or there if she's going to be induced. Wow. She gets induced. She has the baby. Baby's fine. And the boyfriend is actually a pretty good dad and supportive. Oh. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, my reading came true. And she's like, yeah, it did. Um, so I've had a lot of readings like that. Or for example, I did a reading for my friend and the nine of swords came up and the nine of swords is usually revolved, revolves around death and sadness and stuff like that. When I initially took it out, um, I hesitate to predict things that are so finite, like births and deaths and things. Yeah. Because the cards are a little bit convoluted. Sometimes messages don't come through clearly. And also sometimes the universe won't tell you what you need to know until right before it happens. Wow. So I hesitated with this card to say death. I said, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of drama. There's going to be a lot of emotion. There's going to be a lot of chaos. Um, this, that, and the other. It seems like someone's causing drama, blah, blah, blah. A couple of weeks later, her half-brother passed away. Wow. And the brother's girlfriend was causing all sorts of complications with getting his ashes and getting his stuff situated. Wow. And stuff. So I, I've... I've been a star like I've been amazed by myself but at the same time I'm like why am I so amazed like I knew that I could do this yes absolutely so with that in mind I know you want a reading yes. do you want me to read your cards I'm on a fence okay so <laughs> maybe I don't want to know here. if I'm gonna die okay. yeah and then of course Mr. Comel wants her Mr. Yes. Comel wants <laughs> but we are before we start the actual tarot readings we're gonna do this fun stuff yes okay so so here I collect a lot of cards and Kira asked me earlier, do you collect themes cards? I do. Um, I have a Halloween deck. Yes. I had a gothic tarot deck that was mostly vampires, but I retired that deck because that was the deck that I learned on. I've had a dragon deck. That was my very first deck ever, but I was too afraid to learn it at the time. So I ended up getting rid of it. And I have like a Halloween deck as ah. well. So I've had several decks. You can get them in all sorts. My advice to anyone looking to read tarot is the cards have to resonate with you. Okay. And what I mean by resonate is you pick them up and you just, it feels right. Just like picking out an outfit. You like the way it looks. You like the way it feels. You like the way, like it just, there's just something about it that just really gets you. Yeah. That's your deck. Ooh, okay. Don't pass it up. So I have this teeny tiny deck. Called, oh, so cute. It's that called a cute. tiny tarot. <laughs> cute. And it's probably an inch. The cards are about an inch. Oh, that was the nine of swords. Oh, cute. That's not oh. a coincidence. <laughs> I want everyone to draw a card. Okay. Draw a card, draw a card. 
This is going to be our daily card for today is Sunday. Okay. I'm excited. I swear to God, if it's the Nine of Swords, I know, right? I'll be like, damn it, I quit. I know. <laughs> and I'll drive. I want. Oh, this one's in my hand. Okay. I know. I was like filling around till one like was like zap and then yep. I grabbed it. Okay. Yep. All right. Who's going first? Huh? Here I will. Okay. What do you have? I don't know. You have. <laughs> this is the Three of Wands. So in the Three of Wands, we see a person that's looking off into the distance. It's a flat land and there are three wands. Two of them behind of behind him and one he's is slightly in front of him and he's clasping it. For those of you who aren't familiar with the tarot deck. So this card usually means contemplation. Hmm. There are things in your past that are still there that are still affecting you, but you're trying to keep them back in the past where they belong. There's stability. There's something that you're holding on to and something that you can look forward to here. But this is basically like a, like, no, I don't want to say a crossroads because a crossroads is very specific. You have to make a choice, right. but you're planning your next move. I'll say mm -hmm. it that way. You're at a point of contemplate contemplation. You're at a point of realization. If we look at the actual meaning of it, because again, I rely mostly on imagery. Yeah. According to my fancy cheat sheet. Here, yes. Being circumspect, prudent, having foresight and vision, showing leadership and responsibility, overwhelmed by life and prospects, unable to complete a project, unsympathetic environment. So pretty similar to yeah. what I just said. Yeah. Um, but you're in a good place, but you don't know where to go. That's what I'm going to guess right now. Mm -hmm. Accurate, you know, say? Yes. Kay. Yes. Absolutely. Who's next? Who's next? Mel. <laughs> Mystical Mel. <laughs> Mystical Mel. The Four of Swords. This is rest and re relaxation. Okay. I don't know what you've just been through, but you need to take a break. <laughs> yes, you've been through a lot, sister. We were wow. just talking about that this morning. <laughs> wow. You feel like you don't need a break. You feel like you still have to do stuff. No. You need to sit your ass down, girl, and take a break. Wow. <laughs> because if you don't recuperate, it's going to be a lot worse. Like, the, the four of sword, swords specifically means you've done enough. Rest and relaxation, because if you look at it, it's it's a tomb, right? It's a tomb, and there's the person lying on top of the tomb. But all of the swords are hung up. There's no more fighting that needs to be done. There's no more um, tasks wow. that need to be completed. You need to take rest, um, and absolutely. So put yourself first and foremost. Because it's the forest swords, I'm going to say for the next four weeks. So for the next month, you need to focus on you. And if anything comes up that's like, you need to sacrifice something, you need to say no. Wow. And say no. Self-preservation. Let's go to the cheat sheet. Very see what cool. it says. Um, this is a great episode. Uh -huh. I know. I love it. <laughs> Four of Swords. Now is the time for respite. Prepare your case. Contemplate and consolidate your resources. Your mind is troubling you. You are not at peace, but restless and preoccupied. You are very tired. Oh, that's so accurate. <laughs> like to a wow. wow. Next. Okay. <laughs> Kira got the Ace of Pentacles. So the Ace of Pentacles is a really first of all, aces are always good signs because <laughs> yes. they have the hand and the hand is always giving you something. I'm getting a handy. <laughs> <laughs> Pentacles is the suit that deals with the physical realm. So the here and now on earth, it also deals with finances and money. So as it is right now, you will, 
be introduced to an opportunity or an opportunity that will come to you that will help you financially. Wow. That will help you. And when I say help you financially, I don't mean like you're going to win the lottery. Yeah. I don't mean you're going to get a sugar daddy. I mean. I'm going to get my paycheck. <laughs> money. You're going to get a paycheck. Money is tight. Now it's not going to be so tight. Now oh, maybe Kara's going to be able to get her hair dyed, maybe buy some new shorts or some new socks. Not that Love you need that. any. I'm just saying. I've got like, so many socks. <laughs> don't buy any more shorts. <laughs> I'm just saying. Keep those knees locked up. That's awesome. The universe is going to bring you an opportunity to help you financially, to help you here in the here and now with all the physical stuff. Um, I read something recently about symbolism for hands, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's basically like something's being given to you. You're given power. You're given a blessing. That's works cool. um it also has to do work because working with your hands and stuff yeah that's what i do yes it is <laughs> the arch this is another new meaning that i found out um is opportunities new doorways new Aww. new pre like something being presented to you so it works very hand in hand ha because there's a hand on these <laughs> it works very hand in hand with the arch and the pentacle and so. it zapped my hand when i touched that's it that's very why cool. i grabbed it because i was like fooling around until i'm like which one feels right and then i touched it it zapped me so i grabbed it there you this go this is your card so yeah um money should be coming or an opportunity to get money and things should be a little bit easier financially and physically Sweet. I need that one. Marcy, what'd you get? Oh, we already did it. Yeah. Mine. What did I what get? Did Mary, what did I get? Sorry. What'd you get? No working memory, like I said. Um, I got the Nine of Cups. Oh, what does that mean? So the Nine of Cups has a person sitting very contentedly around a round table that's full of cups. There are nine cups. So this usually means like your wishes are going to come true. Your cups will be filled. You'll have a lot of happiness and success. Whatever it is that you're wanting, you will get. Um, so let's look at, I forgot to do yours here. So the Ace of Pentacles, let's look at that on my cheats too. You are prudent and understand material forces. You will prosper and increase your assets. Have faith. Financial losses, high degree of insecurity and uncertainty. Big fun, funds are not coming your way. I don't read it that way. I see it yeah. positively. <laughs> yeah. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Take that negative but, away. <laughs> that's yeah. the other thing is that sometimes the reverse of a tarot card is directly con contradictory to where I feel like I'm not even going to pay attention to that right. because that's yeah. just... Also, we're doing one card, so it's easier for me to focus on the positive with one card than if we had other cards. Yeah. And then the Nine of Cups for mine was, things are good, your wishes have been fulfilled, and you have reasons for satisfactory, and nothing has turned out the way you had hoped. Things are disintegrating and falling apart. This is true for me, because <laughs> things aren't turning out the way I want, but I still have faith that I'm going to get wishes, because um, Nine of Cups is generally, like, wishes coming true and things oh, like that. Oh, that's awesome. So... There's a little taste yes. of Cardi cards. Love that. <laughs> if you would like to follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Or our, Twitter. Or Twitter. Twitter us. <laughs> tweet us. Uh, go to 801-horror-zero-cult-c-c-u-l-t. Um, or you can also email us, which would be killer, mm -hmm. at 801-horror-cult-vix at gmail so 801 h-o-r-r-o-r c-u-l-t-v-i-x at gmail we'd love to hear from you tell us your stories we we will totally tell those stories because mm -hmm. who doesn't want to hear that you can hear our version of your story yes it, it will, will be, be a thing <laughs> you know how people do listeners tales 
We'll be like, we're going to put a spin on yes, your tail. Yes, this will be our version of your tail. We'll be like the the modern art of your tail. Yes. Artistic uh, expressions. It'll be beautiful. Also, follow us, subscribe, and rate us. A we, good rating, please. Please be kind. Yeah. Rewind. We want like two more listeners. <laughs> it would be lovely if there were at least two. Yeah, at least we'll get two there. more. We'll get there. It's Marcy will show you her boobies. <laughs> and Kira will show you her anti-pantry beans. Hey, I've interrupted your tarot reading episode. Well, not this reading, but the whole tarot and everything about it episode. To break it up into two. We're going to be re- releasing... Releasing? <laughs> can't talk. We're going to be releasing both the same day, the same time. But it's really long for one whole episode, so we're breaking it up. So you get a two for two for one. <laughs> so here's the wrap up of round one. And whether you play the next one right after or you listen to it later, there's round two.